Well, I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I feel the presence of God in this place. You know, it's always interesting when you're preaching and you're listening. And what you don't want God to do is to change your sermon. But I'm going to flow with the Spirit of God this morning. Um, thank you for the music ushering us into the presence of God. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for the opportunity to be here today. And I, th I think as I was sitting and listening and praying about this text, I love that God is real and he speaks to us. I, I knew before I came, it's an unusual sermon for me. And, and sometimes as a preacher, you'll struggle with that. You'll say, wait a minute, I'm first time preaching in Orlando. But God is speaking to people's hearts today. And the message that he has for his people here, of course, I didn't know there was going to be a hurricane. I didn't know uh, a mother would be transitioned. But the word of God for the people of God today is that perfect love cast out fear. That as people in the body of Christ, his church in Christ, held in Christ, we don't need to fear. That his love, the love of God, the love of Christ, will cast out fear. That's what I want to share a little bit about today. You know, when I grew up, I'm from Lexington. Early on in my childhood, at a very young age, my mother was a secretary. She was a secretary to a group of chemists. And I think I was about the sixth grade, about 11 years old, um, that I decided I wanted to be a chemist. There were... Um, three people in this group of chemists, uh, Freeman, Leroy, and Jean, who were African-American. And because they were chemists, I wanted to be like them. I had, I had no fear. There was nothing. I, I didn't even know what a chemist was, right? <laughs> but because of these three guys, I wanted to be like them. And I kept that dream alive until I got to the 11th grade and then a integrated school. I grew up in the 60s and schools were segregated. People weren't welcomed in all places at all times. If you were an immigrant, if you were a form, foreigner, if you didn't look like everybody else, you weren't always welcome. And I ran into this high school counselor that said, um, she didn't think I could go to Center College, and she didn't think I could be a chemist, study there. Maybe I'd want to think about something else. You see, women, women didn't do that. That was a environment for men, and that was 1970. And up until then, being a chemist and having any fear about that had never crossed my mind. It just it had never occurred to me that that might not be possible. Um, because I had a relationship with Freeman and Leroy and Jean. 
See, we grew up, I grew up with them. I saw them at church. I babysat their children. I knew their families. I, I knew their wives. And every year they'd help me with a science fair project. But the bottom line was I was in a relationship with them. And so surely if I couldn't be a chemist, Freeman and Leroy and Jean would have told me that because they love me. They wouldn't let me walk into some space or some places that would hurt me or harm me. They'd never do that. And they hadn't told me that. Well, she introduced me to fear, some fear I hadn't thought about before. But I remember when I graduated um, with my master's degree in analytical chemistry, and I just landed my first job as a chemist at IBM, that I wanted to go back and see that counselor. <laughs> Tell her she was wrong. The point of the story is the influence of Freeman and Leroy and Jean was much greater in my life than her influence. Their love propelled me to keep dreaming, to keep going, and to live without fear. And as I was studying this text out, it reminded me of that story. I won't out of, because of time, we, we don't want to, I'm not going to spend time talking about the background. These readers were beautiful. They helped help with the time. They help with the background. Um, but I do want to make some application today of that text for what we're doing in this place, in this time, with what's happening around us. Perfect love drives out fear. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. The New Living Translation reads this way, such love has no fear. Because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced perfect love. The love that God has for us. Have you ever been afraid? Not sure. Not sure what's going to happen. Have you ever been in a place of wanting to shrink back? Fear can be painful. It can be a painful place. It can be a place of torment. I don't know about you, but fear can give me and put me in a place of distress. And that leads to stress. And that takes uh, life out of us. It takes years off our life, in fact. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking to myself here. You know, for the students here, fear can be how you feel when you walk into a classroom and you're taking a final examination and you're just not sure. But the thing that I want to point out about fear for our time and place today is that fear gives us a sense of poverty, a future woe. You know, fear gives us a sense of loss. Fear gives us a sense of death. That's what fear does for us. Um, 
my youngest son was murdered about eight years ago. And what was interesting for me as I, I walked through that process is it made me afraid. It made me afraid of things I had never been afraid of before. It made me afraid to sleep with, without a light on. I'd always slept in my house without a light on. But fear, his death, made me afraid. Fear can make us anxious, restless, uneasy. Fear keeps us bound. Fear keeps us in a place of slavery, and it shrinks us down into a small place, isolates us from other people. It takes us to dark places, and it makes us feel small when we lose fear. You know, when I was reading this text, it reminded me of John 20. Y'all remember that story when Jesus had been crucified, they had gone to look for him in the tomb. And the text, it picks up where it says, and the disciples were in a locked room. They were behind a locked door because they feared the Jewish leaders. And in that story, Jesus shows up. He doesn't come through the door. He shows up. He appears. You hear me, don't you? Jesus appears. And the first thing that he says to his disciples is, peace, be still. Can you imagine the relief the disciples must have felt? You know, fear makes us not want to breathe, right? Doesn't fear kind of make you go, and hold your breath, because it's intended to take your life away. But now Jesus shows up in the room, and can you imagine how the disciples must have felt to see Jesus and have Jesus speak peace? You know, they were afraid because they thought they were next. They thought they might be the next ones that they would come after. When Jesus shows up, he helps us to breathe again. The Bible says the disciples were overjoyed to see that he brought joy to them. But see, the, the disciples had lived with Christ. They had a relationship with him. They had lived with him. They had walked with him. They had talked with him. They had watched him work miracles. They knew who he was. And he brought comfort to them. Remember, that's when Jesus breathes on them. He breathes life to them and tells them to receive the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the one who takes away our fears. You know, I was in my hotel room last night thinking about the panhandle and this hurricane and all the loss and devastation that's going on around us even today of people showing up and saying, my home is gone. I don't even know. There was one lady, she didn't even know where her home was anymore. She was crying. She was afraid. And that's what fear is intended to do. But just as Jesus took their fear away, he takes our fear away because perfect love
cast out fear. How many times in the Scripture do we see over the Old Testament and the New Testament, do not fear, do not be afraid? How many times do we see that? Uh, some say slightly over 100. Others say, I don't know, that the concept is there. Anyway, I'm, I'm not sure about that, but up to 365 times. And, but what we can say is the Bible's clear that we don't have to fear. Jesus could have said it once, and that'd be enough for me. He doesn't have to repeat it over and over. But he knew that we would be afraid. And not only does he say, don't be afraid, oftentimes I remember two other phrases that go with that. It says, be bold and courageous. See, we're talking about what perfect love being the opposite of fear. Take the territory. Take the land, because perfect love cast out fear. Oftentimes when we see that, we hear, you don't have to be afraid, for I am with you. That perfect love that takes away fear. So what perfect love does, it's love, I wish I had the vocabulary, but it's love that's so big and so defined, divine, it swallows up fear. It's bigger than our fears. It's bigger. His divine love is bigger than the place we've never journeyed before. It's bigger than our transitions. It's bigger. His love, his love is bigger than I'm not sure what's happening with my mother. His love is bigger than that. So what does that mean? What is this perfect love that soothes our doubts and calms our fears and speaks peace to our restless souls, no matter what we are facing. What is this perfect love? I want to suggest to you today that it is the love of God for his children through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I want to suggest to you today that perfect love is not immature. It's a full-grown, complete, mature love that lacks nothing. I don't think y'all hear me in here today. Perfect love is a mature love. It's complete. It's not lacking anything. It's not missing anything. It's a love that's so big and it's so great that fear doesn't have any room. It fills us up. That kind of perfect love, that kind of love. It's a drawing love. It is a drawing love. It's a love that says when you are afraid, that love pulls you. It pulls you to a place of calmness and peace in the midst of a storm. It's a love that draws us to the throne room. I don't know about you, but there are days, and I feel it in this room today, where sometimes all we need to do is go sit 
and bask in the love of God. And let him fill us with his Holy Spirit afresh and anew. Sometimes you can be so tired. You've worked so hard. The struggle's been long. And because of perfect love, we get to sit there. We get to encounter him and experience him. Perfect love reminds me of John 13.1. You all remember, seminary students, I know you know the text. Jesus said, he knew the hour had come for him to leave the world and to go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I like the translation of he loved them to the uttermost. What that means to me is he loved us, the disciples, us, to eternity. Jesus is not manufacturing new love. All the love that's there to be given has been given. That's why it's perfect love. That's why it's complete love. A love that's so full, it goes to eternity. A love that gives itself so freely and so sacrificially. A love that gives us a future when we're looking at fears. It's a love that gives us a home when it's time to transition. It's not just that kind of love of by and by when the morning comes. That's a good love, but it's love that keeps us in the face of a hurricane when our homes are destroyed, when our family is scattered, it's perfect love. It's still good love, a love that gives us life and gives us life more abundantly. It's a love that lets us breathe and lets us let down in the face of our fear, a love that has reached its goal. It reached its goal in the cross. It reached its goal. He reached the goal in his atoning blood of leading a perfect life on the cross, a perfect love. It's the love Paul speaks of in Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. I pray that you may have the power. Y'all catch that? The power to comprehend what all the saints, what's the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that we may be filled with the fullness of God. That's a perfect love. You missed a good place to shout. That's a perfect love. That's a love that fills us so that fear has no more space. It's a love that lets us go to seminary when we're not sure. It's a love that lets us walk into new places that we've never been before with confidence. Confidence of cocky? Oh, no. Confidence that where God leads us, he will keep us. A perfect love. And it's my heart's desire today, as I come to a close, is that in the midst of whatever it is you're transitioning through, 
that you will sense God's love, that perfect love that is bigger than anything fear is trying to take away from you. Fear is intended to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And perfect love is intended to give life and to give it abundantly. And I believe that this place of love without fear is a direct relationship to the time we spend in the presence of God. As we get to know him, as we get to experience him in our tough times. It's out of relationship that this fear is cast out. Now, let me make one more point. We can love this way because we understand this love. If we don't understand this love, not only in our heads, which we get to learn a lot about in seminary, but in our hearts, when these two come together, the Bible is telling us that we can sacrificially love this way. If this is not right, this can't possibly be right. And I believe that's what John was trying to tell us. That when we understand in our head and experience in our heart the love of God, it's bigger than anything we can imagine. Because of that love, we get to do this and love our brothers and our sisters. And I don't know about you, but we are living in a time where we're short on love. We're short on love not only in the world, we're short on love in the Christian community. We feel entitled. It's all about me. Not only in the world, but in the Christian community, there's a shortness of love where a place where people are marginalized. The immigrant, the foreigner, those that don't look like us are not necessarily welcomed into our communities. Well, I started this story about becoming a chemist as a result of a relationship. And I'm going to end the story that we get to love in a different way. See, I've never forgotten the love of Freeman and Leroy and Jean. But I remember a bigger love, and it's the love of Christ. We are in Christ because he carries us. His love envelops us. I want to suggest to you today that we experience that love as a result of our spiritual journey to be formed into the image of Jesus. It's out of his love for us that takes us on a journey toward mature and complete love, towards him and towards each other. A love that's so great, it doesn't have any place anymore, any longer for fear. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor.
We thank you, Lord, that we can worship you on our good days. We enter your presence. We thank you, Lord, that on our days that don't seem so good, in the midst of disaster and hurricanes and destruction and loss, that your love is still perfect. It didn't start with that. It doesn't end with that. We thank you, God, that we can praise you in the midst of what feels like loss. God, we thank you today that it was in your plan to give us a perfect love, a love that's so big that it gives us life. It gives us life more abundantly. It helps us to move and to navigate in spite of what our eyes might see. So, Lord, I ask you that in this place, in this time today, that you would heal some broken hearts. God, I pray that you would go deep. Lord, that you would heal some relationships. Lord, I pray that you would help us become more like you, to a mature and complete love for you, Receive it from you and have it for one another in our community. That it might be a place where love is modeled, where it's the example, God, for your honor and for your glory. In Christ's name we pray.